You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're here for this year's first episode of Know Your Foe. And joining us for the preview of the Texans is Rivers McCown. Rivers, how you doing? Well, I was doing good, but now we're going to talk about the Texans. So it's kind of like, <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> you know, the last couple of times you've been on, you've been down on the Texans a little bit. That's a shame. Uh, so uh, uh, kind of give us a sense of of the Texans in the uh aftermath of the apocalypse with all the trades they made of of draft picks for players and then ultimately the the uh uh situation with deshaun watson well i guess you could say that the best way to talk about the texans is they started a rebuild three years ago and now they're starting a rebuild (laughs) (laughs) uh you know they finally got the quarterback the prospect that they kind of needed for since deshaun watson left they finally have a head coach prospect that's like somebody real people wanted. And those are great things. And now we, you know, there's not really much around them. And we try to figure out, you know, how's this going to work? <laughs> that's kind of where we're at in Houston. Okay. Well, exciting stuff. Still some great young players on this team. And we want to, we want to take a little bit time on, uh, on the team as a whole. Uh, first of all, let's talk about your work a little bit where people can see your work online rivers. Sure. So, um, at Rivers McCowan at X or Twitter, however you want to say it. I think I'm just going to call it Twitter. Uh, that's the best way to find my stuff. Uh, I'm kind of taking a step back this year. I became a parent recently. So I'm going to be putting out a lot less uh, day-to-day stuff and just, you know, writing when I feel like it. So, Well, congratulations first to you and your wife. And uh, I hope you enjoy that and uh, and have some time with it. And uh Good for you for being able to take a step back and, and say, I want to do a little bit less. Uh, let's talk about the offseason to start with, I suppose, in terms of what happened for the Texans in terms of big cho- uh, changes. I know what the biggest change came on draft day, but how about, how about some other changes before that? Well, you bring in D'Amico Ryans, and of course, that kind of imbues a different scheme. Uh, Lovey Smith was doing, you know, you know he's, he's the cover three guy. Uh, and now we're kind of more varied, more mixed up. Uh, the Texans, I, I, because of the way that D'Amico Ryan's kind of has played defense the last two years, I kind of see him as, uh, you know, able to adjust. If you have Nick Bosa, all of a sudden, you know, you don't want to worry about all this blitzing. Um, you know, 2021, he was kind of hurt a little bit, dinged up, missed some time, and then 
you know, that they, they kind of had to blitz more. So I, I guess I kind of see that as variable. Um, I'm not too worried about specifics right now with that because what we've seen in the preseason is all vanilla stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't really know <laughs> what we're going to see yet. Uh, I think it kind of depends on what they see out of Will Anderson, who they traded up for. That's kind of the big move around here. Number three overall pick. Uh, is he worth it? We'll find out. I think that he's got to make an impact right away if the, 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 they're not going to blitz a lot this year. So exciting player, obviously, with Will Anderson, uh, the addition of Stroud uh, as the as the starting quarterback, just yeah, absolutely huge. Uh, long run cap situation, I assume now, is is back in good shape. I know there were problems after Deshaun Watson was cut, but in good shape now? Uh, yeah, they're they're in very good shape now. They, they extended Laramie Tunsil this offseason, so that was kind of their first real step past 2024, I think. And other than that, you know, it's rookie contracts. It's rookie contracts. You got Titus Howard on a deal now. Shaq Mason got an extension now. So there's something like bubbling up front. But other than that, you know, you just got a lot of guys on one year, two year contracts. Mm-hmm. All right. Outstanding. Uh, and I did notice a lot of the offensive line seems there's to be a significant number of offensive line injuries, which is Ravens have been fortunate <laughs> to avoid in camp. But in general, in terms of injuries, how are you doing? I mean that's the big spot, yeah, for sure. You've got uh, <laughs> you got Juice Scruggs second round pick heading to IR. You've got uh, Kenyon Green, the twenty twenty two first rounder already on IR, uh, likely to miss the season. So kind of got those left guard and center spots up for grabs at this point. Uh, Kendrick Green and Kenyon Green. You have both on this team. We do. Now, yes. Remind me of when those guys were drafted. And is one of them an ex Steeler at this point, or is it is are they both uh, original property of the Texans? No, no. Kendrick Green came over in a trade uh, at last cuts. So uh, I think that might be who they start at left guard. Which is always it's always good when the guy you're starting at left guard's been there for like a week. Great stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Continuity is always something you have to go for. At least you have Laramie Tunsil. He's a he's certainly a building block there that you're that you're starting with. Uh, okay, well, let's jump right into the offense here a little bit and talk about Stroud a little bit and his strengths and weaknesses. What, what's 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 with him? Did you go to camp this year, some or did, or watching from afar? Or what have you been doing? Yeah, I've mainly been watching from afar. But I mean, you know, you check out all the preseason stuff. He's very accurate. Obviously, he's got a good grasp of offensive concepts. He kind of has been called out in camp for like, oh, well, he wants to do it this way. We're doing it this way, but he's got this detail that takes to the next level against this defense. Like you, you can kind of see how it all works mentally for him. And I, I think that's the most exciting part about this. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. I, I, I was just going to say uh, there's a big <laughs> conflict, I will say, small conflict with a new offensive coordinator, Todd Monken, that uh, he wants Lamar Jackson to learn the offense better. And whether or not he was going to do it for the regular season, he was trying to get Lamar Jackson to play without a wristband so he would learn the offense and the terminology, relay it in the huddle better without just parroting words off a wristband. Mm-hmm. And you know, he didn't think you, you would learn it that way. So there was a tiny amount of controversy around that, which I think is fairly small other than the philosophical difference that may be there. Is that is that uh, you know Lamar, and he may come to conflict because of structure and things like that. But it sounds like 
your problem is just the opposite that if if it's a question of Stroud's preparedness that you're telling me that doesn't really seem to be a problem with the Texans. No, I think they're still kind of working out though because Bobby Slowick is a first time OC as well. Like who has to hold whose hand, uh, who is in charge of setting protections, that sort of thing. And you kind of saw in the preseason, there were some moments where you're like, you know, shouldn't Stroud be able to move that slide to the right <laughs> when he's got three overloads on that side or whatever. So yeah, I mean, they're still working that out. I think if you're a Ravens fan, this is a good time to catch the Texans because they're still kind of trying to figure out who they are on offense. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, that's that's good to hear. The Ravens, of course, most people know are the biggest favorite in week one. Uh, I'm not sure I really love that, but, you know, it's a, it always seems like a little bit of a trappy game to me. But Harbaugh's been pretty good at winning those. Yeah, uh, Texan, Texans won 1-0-1 uh, in their last two week one games. That's their Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't want that. <laughs> okay. So you talked a little bit about the offensive line before in a couple of positions. Let's kind of go through each from left tackle on over in terms of who's the starter and and, and some of the things that have either gone right or wrong so far. Sure. So Tunsil, obviously, kind of all pro guy. Um, it was it was there was like a little moment here in 2021 where where the fan base kind of you know he had an injured hand I think it was, and he they, they wanted to kind of move on from him. And as it turns out, Tunsil wound up staying, uh, got his big extension this offseason, went pretty well. Uh, obviously, all pro guy, top of the line sort of guy. Uh, I think Trent Williams got it over him this this past year, but, you know, one of the best. Kendra Green, uh, who, has, as I said, we just, we're just learning about him. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure who will start at center yet. Uh, if it's going to be green at center or if it's going to be Jarrett Patterson, who's their 2023 sixth rounder. Uh, Haven't seen a lot of Patterson in the preseason with the ones. So, you know, he had like, I think one series maybe with them in week in week three. So Mm -hmm. open question to me. Okay. So Patterson is listed. I I don't know what I'm looking at an ESPN depth chart. This may mean nothing, but Laramie Tunsil, obviously the starter at left tackle Jarrett Patterson, the starter at left guard. They say, and Kendrick Green at center. Does that seem like reverse to you, perhaps? I think that will be reversed. Yeah, okay. but the my my only question is, I think Green could play center, and I think they might move Titus Howard to left guard again because they've done that a couple times in the past, and I'm not entirely sure how that'll work out yet. Okay. All right. Now Green was a, a draft pick in 2021 of the Steelers. And uh, they they were pretty down on him, I know, in terms of of uh, what he accomplished. Uh, you 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 really don't know what you have yet, right? Right, no clue. Uh, we do know that you know, like at least in theory, he's kind of weighs less. He's a better fit for this scheme than he might have been in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So there is that. Um, I know that Nick Casario scouted him heavily in twenty twenty one. So I, I know that they were pretty close to making that pick. And I guess we'll see from here. <laughs> okay. Well, it could be a great pickup if it works out, obviously. And, and a low investment, right? Conditional seventh, conditional what for? Conditional sixth, I think. Okay. All right. That's a fantastic trade if it works out, obviously. Uh, how about the wide receiver core? Uh, we've got Robert Woods as your number one. Uh, longtime vet. Good blocker. Uh, can do some sweeps, high line of scrimmage. Kind of, kind of the classic 49ers you know, versatile guy. 
and hasn't played much in the preseason. Um, has a couple series of Stroud, I think, in week three. And, you know, he's he's older. He's up there. But uh, he does what you expect out of him, out of, out of, out of a veteran. 11th year player there for Robert Woods. Yeah, <laughs> been around for a bit. Yeah. Uh, Nico Collins is your outside receiver. Big guy, very fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, fell to the third round because kind of wasn't consistent. Has areas of the line of scrimmage where he's speedy, and then there's parts where he's really not. And he's kind of been that kind of inconsistent guy in the pros as well. Like he's had some some bigger target weeks when Brandon Cooks has been out, which Brandon Cooks is now gone. I guess that's something we could talk about as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, just just he doesn't always play up to that body. He had he had a really tough time in his rookie season in the red zone. Six four two fifteen. Uh, for for Collins, so uh, people who look at him the last couple of years, I know one of the players that the Ravens fans and the draft faithful just absolutely loved was Tank Dell. What's his current situation? Oh, he's blowing up camp. Uh, he's pushing for a number three wide receiver job right off the bat. I think he might get it. Uh, returning punts, looking very fast, looking very. I mean, pretty much everybody comes away from camp raving about Will Anderson and Tank Dell. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, anybody else? Noah Brown is listed. Is he a slot receiver? Yeah, he'll be kind of. I mean, he he can do both, but he'll be primarily the slot guy if Tank isn't playing. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson, twenty twenty three sixth rounder, uh, big outside guy, played pretty well in the preseason, but probably going to be a death guy. And then there's John Mechie, who recovering from lymphoma. Uh, don't oh. know how much he's going to play this year, but uh, he did make the initial roster. And I kind of feel like they will ease him in at the very least. Yeah. Well, the Ravens, I mean, Baltimore, having been through the Trey Mancini situation here uh, in terms of a guy recovering from that, that's always a great story. But uh, you you hope it doesn't happen to anybody on your team. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, one of the Texans' strength is their run game. Talk a little bit about uh, those guys. Uh, Damian Pierce, uh, amazing rookie season. Uh, bulldozes you wants to bulldoze you the best way i can put it he plays running back like a defensive player uh if, if he's on your team you love to see it and if you you know if you're sick of derrick henry bowling over your guys then this is a running back who you're also not going to enjoy uh backing him up devin singletary picked up from the bills off season free agency um kind of seeing more as a third down back for this team I don't know what the Pierce Singletary split is. I know that fantasy people are kind of speculating Pierce will be on the on the field more on third down this year. I I don't know. I, I think they might just be trying that out in preseason, but we'll see. Obviously, he's competitive, good back, has shown some flashes in Buffalo. So good number two guy. And- yeah, he's, he's been uh, uh, 145 catches the last four years. So yeah. Much more, much more accomplished receiver than Pierce has been in the pros for sure. Yeah, and you know Singletary is interesting guy for Buffalo to not. I guess they not did not make an attempt to resign him. He was a free agent after his fourth season. He's a running back, so they didn't want a long term contract. They're smart. What what kind of money did the Texans give him? Oh, it wasn't much. He was not a he was not a first couple of days signing. I believe he's mm-hmm. he got like maybe four or six million something like that. Okay. 
4.7 yards per carry career. So a lot of people would like that. But obviously, if you're working in a scheme with Josh Allen and a lot of the other weapons he had, you're going to do pretty well with that. I, I did want to ask about Pierce in terms of uh, first contact opportunities. Have the, the Texans been good about getting him level two first contact opportunities in his first year in the league? Because he, he seems like he'd do very well with that. No, they have not. <laughs> no, the the Texans offensive line the last two years, uh, if if you have tuned out of that, has been really bad. Uh, and they've been very bad at finding replacements, especially at center and in the interior. Uh, this year they finally have Shaq Mason, so they're pointing that as a pillar for the first time. But, yeah, Nick Casario's interior line guys have been very miss, very miss the last two years. Okay. Shaq Mason, has he been a right guard most of his career with New England, or has he played other positions and played all over the line like some of their guys have? Yeah, he's been mostly a guard. Uh, Tampa played him a guard as well, and then the Texans got him in a small pick swap. So it's interesting, you know, a guy that that accomplished, and, you know, a lot of the Texans fans are like, yes, we've got our pillar up, up front, and you're like, well, he's been pick swap traded twice in two years now. And he's getting up there and it just is like, is this going to work? Or is this, you know, just like a stopgap kind of guy? I don't know. All right, he's signed now. So the Texans have taken on an obligation here because even in 24, he's got a yeah. $5.5 million uh, dead money situation if he if he's cut. Yep. So uh, that's, uh, yeah, he's 30. So hopefully it works out. And that's the kind of kind of player you get is the kind of player he was. Um, mostly run out of 11. They put on a fullback ever. Are they a big 12 or 21 or 12 team in, in terms of uh, balance that way? They signed, so they signed Andrew Beck this offseason from the, from the Broncos to play fullback. So I do think they are, if not dabbling, at least, you know, going to have part of a major and fullback play this year. Uh, taking Guitoriano as their number two tight end, he can block a little bit too. So yeah, I think you'll see a lot of heavy sets from this team on early downs. And, you know, from there, is, is it working? <laughs> Who knows? Beck got banged up this offseason, so I'm not sure if he'll be ready to go week one either. So we'll see. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, other things that they like to do, and I go, everything is new. We haven't seen anything. Everything's vanilla. We feel the same way, by the way. The Ravens played 100% nickel or base defense in the preseason, so we have no idea there. Yeah. Um, in terms of the offense, we haven't seen we haven't seen anything yet in terms of of what this team is supposed to be. Do you have any idea about common plays or formations? Uh, and I know I'm I'm asking you basically to project back from the offensive coordinator's point of view in some sense what he might like to do. So I think the easy way to put it, as far as like maybe you wouldn't think about this, the 49ers obviously a very play action heavy offense traditionally. Um, under Bobby Slowick last year, kind of weren't. They, they kind of just threw the ball a lot more than you'd expect and not necessarily out of play action, you know, do three-step drops sort of things. Like, they they definitely want to spread the ball around, but it's not necessarily targeting deep all the time. So you look at what the Texans did this this preseason. It was very, you know, obviously very very vanilla, but very focused on – middle of the field, six to eight yard, six to 10 yard sort of passes. So I don't know that that's necessarily where it's going to end up, but I do think they might target that area a little more than some people were thinking. Okay. 
So the Ravens with their weakness at cornerback, it's going to be interesting to see how the Texans attack them. If this is a day that Stroud really goes off because of, uh, you know, the Ravens are so injured right now at cornerback. They have nobody, nobody left standing. Uh, anything, any other pearls of wisdom in terms of how they might go after some of these le- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply guys that'll be starting uh you know, darby will be out there on the outside he's a longtime vet in the league has played a fair amount of slot recently at least the last time he replaced somebody was in denver he replaced kyle fuller our slot for starting last year uh as the slot and then he's hurt for a whole year actually in between so i, I missed a year there effectively and then uh you know there's no marlon humphrey for this game so mm-hmm. the, the outside corners will be uh uh, Darby and uh, Rock Yassin of the Colts. And then the slot corner is probably going to be Ardarius Washington, who had a big camp. Yeah, I mean, I think kind of who Stroud has vibed with the most, both in training camp and in the preseason games, is Dalton Schultz inside. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you might kind of see them try to pick on the Ravens a little bit there. But as you're saying, with the, with the quarterback depth, I think that the – the, the the Texans are going to be kind of a pick matchups team this year because they don't have a true number one guy who dictates coverages who you know you got absolutely got to cover. So I do think you'll see them play more to the outside on this game. I do think this kind of is the recipe for the Nico Collins blow up, which I know. When I say that out loud, the fantasy people are just going to lose their minds because everybody's like, this is the guy who's going to, this is the year. He's, this is so good. But I do think this is a good game for him, for sure. Okay. All right. Uh, let's flip over the defense now, talk about that for a few minutes. Uh, I know you probably have not seen what this team is necessarily defensively in the preseason. I know it's one of my kind of fun things about opening day is seeing what packages are played. But do you have a, a sense of what they're going to do? on passing downs, what they'll look like in base and, and pass defense looks? I think that they brought a lot of blitzes in the preseason, and I don't necessarily know if that's going to work regular season-wise. Uh, they brought a lot of DB blitzes. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see how much of that holds up. Um, I think on paper, Will Anderson and John Grenard is you know maybe not, uh, maybe not a top 10 pairing in the league, but it has some potential to be – you know, top 20, top 15, maybe. Um, Sheldon Rankins has some, had some success as a pass rusher. Malik Collins had some success as a pass rusher. Like, they have enough tools to where this could work out. But I think <laughs> you guys will mostly be the test case. Is that foursome enough? Or do they need to send more pressure? Okay. All right. That'll be interesting. The Ravens have a extreme weakness. Uh, well, I, wouldn't, I don't know if I'd call it extreme weakness. They have Their, their question mark along the line is probably in the left A gap where they have a new guard starting, John Simpson, who played with uh, Las Vegas for three years, uh, racked up a ton of penalties, mm-hmm. won the starting job easily with essentially a perfect preseason. Uh, he had missed three blocks as I scored it. He didn't have any other negative events. So that's still good. But they're replacing Ben Powers, who was actually a very good pass-blocking left guard last year. 
and they have also Linderbaum on the other side of him, uh, on the other side of that A-gap, I should say, uh, who has a lot of trouble with pass blocking, largely because of size. It, it, it's been the bigger guys who have given him trouble inside. So is a Rankins a guy who would you know, be long and get in his face with, with size as well? Yeah, Rankins is definitely the, the the biggest guy they've got on that line and kind of who they're counting on for matchups like that. And we know all about Tyler Linderbaum, don't worry, because mm-hmm. the entire Texans draft complex was banging the drum for Tyler Linderbaum last offseason. At what number? What number did they want to they, they hope to get him? Second round or trade up. So okay. that way you guys line up with him. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Uh Okay, well, uh, let's talk about maybe rotation, depth, and snap management on that defensive line. So tell us about some of the players involved. And do the Texans still play fairly rotationally as a 4-3? Because I know some of the 4-3s around the league don't do a lot of rotation, like particularly in Pittsburgh. So Lovey did a lot of rotation. I think I think D'Amico will kind of shorten the rotation a little bit, but I expect to see plenty of rotation still. Uh, obviously, we talked about Grenard, Anderson, Collins Rankins, Jerry Hughes is still here, uh, mm-hmm. old man, but had pretty good year last year. The Buffalo guy, of, right? Buffalo guy, yeah. Was surprised he didn't get dealt at the deadline. I think he might have asked to stay because he's, you know, old timer, has Texas roots, went to TCU. So um, he'll be part of the rotation. They'll bring up somebody on the practice squad. I'm not sure who yet. Probably Derek Rivers, who has, he, I, I call him the Mariano Rivera of the preseason. Because the last three years he's been here closing things out in the third and fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and you got Hassan Ridgeway down there, Kurt Heinisch, Dylan Horton's their 2023 fourth rounder. I think he'll, if anybody is out of the rotation, probably be him like early, but you look to for him to eventually earn his way onto the field. This is amazing. Jerry Hughes has missed only one game the last 11 seasons. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's remarkable. Wow. Okay. That kind of durability has a lot of value in, in, in of itself. Um, and, and you mentioned there are a lot of blitzes in the preseason. And that is one thing I notice a lot, in, in, in certainly with the Ravens, is they'll, they don't play many packages. You don't see dime. You don't see other um, heavy outside linebacker packages in the preseason because they want to see a lot of different players at a lot of different positions. And you're cutting into somebody's snaps if you don't, if you don't stay with base or nickel. Mm-hmm. But they do grease it up with a ton of blitzing. Uh, they just want to get get some players used to doing that individually, including some defensive, uh, some DB blitzes. But again, I guess we don't really know coming into this first season with all these new toys in the Texans cupboard. How it'll go? Right. I, I mean, I suspect they'll be. I, I suspect we'll see some big nickel from them this year. Just mm-hmm. just just the way things have trended, kind of the the DB backed uh, bodies they targeted. I guess. So I, I think you'll see. I think you'll see some, some some interesting big nickel packages this year. Okay, so big nickel are they are they flexible to to move from big nickel to regular nickel? So they've got a big nickel against twelve, say, with a flex tight end, and they've got a regular nickel that they that they like, who can cover a team that has three wide receivers. Because that'd be a question for Ravens fans, I think. I feel like they think both Jalen Petrie and Jimmy Ward can do pretty much anything. Okay. So I think that they will roll one of those guys up front and say. Let's do it. Now, Petrie actually last year, although he's like kind of been the jewel of the eye for the Texans for this offseason, not a good tackler, was one of the worst tacklers, has all the skills to be a good tackler, but just last year was brutal. So this is that that's one to keep your eye on. Okay. All right. Good first contact target over there for uh for the run game. 
the big new thing for the Ravens is trying to see if they can run out of 11 personnel because we're expecting a big reduced role, uh, greatly reduced role for Patrick Ricard, uh, who a lot of people think barely made the Ravens. Uh, I wonder would it would have been an interesting guy if you're if you're going to pick up a fullback for the first time and you're going to use one. <laughs> I would think he'd be the guy you'd you'd, you'd try and get because he'd have been cheap certainly if that uh, if that happened. Yeah. Uh, inside linebacker. Inside linebacker. Uh, weird spot this year. So Christian Kirksey, kind of the. Uh, I hate the word leader because you know that, that, that carries some weird connotations, but kind of the the cultural soul of the Texans the last two years released their last guts. Um. Christian Harris, 2022 third round pick, playing played played hurt in the preseason. Might not be ready for this game. <laughs> Blake Cashman always hurt. Kind of the same deal. So you've got Denzel Perryman, who I, I believe they brought they brought in free agency this year. I believe he will start. But other than that, I'm not sure who the number two guy is going to be yet. It could be uh, could be Henry Toto, who they draft in the fifth round, and you know. He's kind of shown something in the preseason. Could be like a Corey Littleton or Neville Hewitt kind of guy. Just it depends on what D'Amico wants to risk early on. I think last time we talked, I believe uh, Zach Cunningham had just been re-signed to a long-term deal. So it was a it was a big money deal. At, yeah, at that time. Yeah, one, now, one, of, one of the one of the many follies. <laughs> yeah. Now he's a vet men guy with the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, Spets on the Titans. I think he got released by the Titans mid-season at some point, maybe, mm-hmm. and then signed somewhere else. Like he's been, he's he's been jetting around now. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sorry. I had to go through that. Uh, take us through the secondary player by player. I know you mentioned Ward and uh, and the other slot guy, but uh, talk through it. Yeah, Petrie, uh, Derek Stingley, uh, obviously 2022 third overall pick. Mm-hmm. Um. Not Sauce Gardner. That's <laughs> uh, caused caused some uh, some rankling in the fan base. Um, played pretty well last year when he was actually healthy, but obviously this was not a cover three scheme. Was never going to be what you had Derek Stingley for. So this is our first real year of what can this guy do? Uh, this time with hamstrings, we'll see if he stays healthy. That's kind of been the big knock on him coming out. Uh, Steven Nelson, vet cornerback, best friend for a bit now. Uh, Held out a little bit early in camp. Got got like a a small pay bump, so he'll probably be the second outside cornerback. Tavier Thomas won the nickel job over Desmond King. Uh, Thomas is kind of a more slight guy, but uh, has shown some success on blitzes. Can cover. I wouldn't say he's like the best deep guy. If, if you guys, if you have to attack somebody on this on this unit, but I mean, he can play there a little bit. And I, I think if I had to pick one of these safeties to be the backup for a big nickel stuff, probably Eric Murray, who's been here for four years now. And uh, I wouldn't say he's ever been amazing, but he keeps he keeps getting that roster spot. He keeps beating everybody out. Like you got to hand it to him. He's a pretty solid player. I thought I heard that Desmond King was available recently. I don't yeah. know whether he was he was traded or released or he, he was released and picked up by the Steelers. Okay, yeah, that bothers me. Okay, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, a player that honestly could have fit with the Ravens. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be a reasonable choice. They're not uh, they're not so deep there that they can afford to give up good chances. Uh, appreciate this in in uh, in terms of going through player by player the positions. Let's talk about the Ravens a little bit and how you'd expect the Texans to approach them. So. 
the big revelation for the Ravens camp has been Zay Flowers uh, in terms of his ability to uh, cut on a dime. You know, the weird thing is he's not really that great a route runner. I don't know how much Boston College you would have watched the last few years, but uh, he's a guy that has faced a lot of zone defense. So route running hasn't been the the biggest, most critical task for him. But in terms of throwing a juke, he's not that great, but he's a very sudden athlete. And his suddenness has caused a lot of uh, uh, defensive backs to guess wrong. Uh, do, do the Texans have a over-the-top t- way they've used with just – stacking a safety on an individual speed threat the last few years? I mean, no, because they've had Lovey Smith the last couple of years. <laughs> <was> right here. <laughs> but he doesn't do anything creative, let me tell you that. <laughs> uh, so this year, I don't know. It, it could be wildly different. Um, I kind of feel like they have the tools to do that if they want to. Mm-hmm. But is that their number one thing or do they want to do more quarters to start with? And I feel, feel like I feel, I just, just in my heart, this is going to be a game where we're like, this is the fastball. Let's see what the Ravens do with the fastball. I think they'll probably throw more quarters at you than anything. Gotcha. Okay. Um, in terms of the matchup of having a guy like Anderson, who I assume he's, he's on the rush side, right? And he's opposite the left tackle. That's where I've been, been playing him. Yeah. Is is he uh, going to be too much for Ronnie Stanley, who at this point in his career uh, didn't play? As far as I know, I don't think he played a single padded practice this summer. He didn't didn't play against the Commanders in the padded practice. Didn't take any snaps in the game, and he and he's had a ton of vet days off. Uh, where they're they're just I've never seen them bubble wrap a player the way they have here. And I know there's not a lot for him to learn on a football field still about playing left tackle, but he also hasn't been out there too much. Uh, so I wonder, is is that the kind of matchup you think could be a very good one for Anderson? I mean, if he stays out there, sure. For if, if Ronnie Stanley stays out there, I mean, because mm-hmm. we have no idea. I, I mean, I've been doing, I've been working with NBC the last couple of years. We do the the uh, player injury blurbs, right? And this guy, just like every day, is like a new a new Ronnie Stanley update. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it. Certainly hasn't been any fun for us, but. Uh... But yeah, we've the, the, the collection of players who had to take his spot when he's been out of there have been uniformly horrible. Uh, they have no real backup left tackle in this year. They're going with McCary, uh, who is a very short-armed guy, who's not the not the exact right fit for the position. And they have some developmental tackles on the roster uh, who they might be good someday, but they're not now. And uh, and so they'd be in a lot of trouble if they go down. And last year, Jawan James got injured. In the first game, I don't remember exactly when it was during the first game that he got hurt. And then they then they had McCarry in there before Stanley returned. And they ended up playing, I think, four guys at left tackle uh, during the season. That's never a good recipe, by the way. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I've had some experience with that in the uh, David Cartes, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think Anderson versus Stanley would be a really fun matchup, though, because Anderson's not really a bend guy. Like, he's not mm-hmm. going to beat you purely on, on the side all the time he wants to layer these moves together and i think with the veteran there like i think you could see some give and take there i think that would be a lot of fun to watch okay is i know one of the things about anderson from draft time was not a guy who's gone for the football in his college days he had like three fumbles or something forced out of 34 sacks which is it might have been one but it was, i think it was three anyway it was way too low for the number mm-hmm. of forced fumbles he had is that something that there's been talk of them working with him on no, I think most of the talk about this has been, you know, he was playing, 
I always forget if it's three I or five I with Alabama. And now you're just moving them purely to the outside and what that means and how that changes his attack plan. So yeah, I wouldn't put too much stock into that, but it's definitely interesting, you know, how they use them in Alabama. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, all right. Maybe pick one player, maybe on offense, one player on defense who you think matches well, uh, matches up well against the Ravens. All right. Well, Gave you Nico earlier. I'm going to stick with Nico. Nico Collins is, you know, attacking those cornerbacks. I think it's probably the best thing the Texans have. It's, it's going to be hit or miss because that's kind of how he is. But I think that's that's your best chance if you're a Texans fan. You're like, I want the game plan to go through Nico Collins. Defensively, uh, man, I haven't had a good defense in so long. It's going to be hard to think about it. I, I think I want to see. Derek Stingley work the most, and I don't, I'm not sure if they're going to run him against Odell. I'm not sure if he's going to be on Bateman. I'm not sure if they're going to change sides, but I'm interested to see it in the first game and you know, kind of get a good gauge of where he's at. Okay, that's always a good thing to see if they're if they're going to switch or not. And that was going to be my question for you: is they do they go strict left corner, right corner, favorite shoulder kind of system for the for the corner can sometimes be more important than the matchup even. Uh, since you can do other things to help a guy from behind. Rivers, outstanding stuff. Lots of detail on a team that I know there's limited detail on because, hey, a lot of these players are new, but uh, exciting time, no doubt, to have a, a new rookie cornerback and a new rookie pass rusher at the same time. And I uh, hope it goes well for the Texans this year after Sunday, certainly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell folks where they can find your work online. Uh, anything else you want to plug as well? Yeah, just uh, Rivers McCown on Twitter. Uh, I'll post all my stuff there. This is going to be a, a reduced year for me, but I'm excited to actually watch this team for the first time in a couple of years. It's not like a total, you know, pushover whatever year where we're just, you know, watching Davis Mills chuck <laughs> things up into the air for no reason. So it, it's, it's, it's good stuff, and I hope I feel that way after week one too. <laughs> how is your? How, how do you feel in the post Watson era about his success in Cleveland? Would you rather just see him fail there, as we would certainly in Baltimore fans? <laughs> so, or would you would you rather see him do well and fight himself again and, and and get on his feet? Well, I'm kind of incentivized one way, aren't I? Because we still get these Browns first round picks every year. This is the last mm-hmm. year, but but you know, like. Yeah, it, it's great when he fails because we get better picks. So oh, great point. Great point. Uh, I don't know how I'll feel after that though. That's that's one of those things where I, I just want to have a sixty minute conversation with somebody about it and just go through all because it, it sounds was, like a therapist conversation. Honestly, the way you're describing yeah, it, <laughs> it, 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 you really there. There's a lot of Texans therapy that's been needed. Okay, after <laughs> these last three years. <laughs> Rivers, my friend, always great to talk football with you. You're one of the best in the business. Everybody, make sure you give him a follow out there because he's uh, he's a lot of fun. Uh, other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up directly on Twitter with a DM. I will get back to you very quickly. And we had some great ideas come from, from that path recently. And I, I'll, I'll just point out again, this is how I meet new people. Some of them I meet through the Know Your Foes series, but I meet a lot of people through these shorts. And that's led to a lot of good relationships in terms of people who have been on the show more regularly. And I've really appreciated that from the, from the fan base. Rivers, thanks again for coming on. Appreciate it, Ken. Thanks for having me. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study.
know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.